So we missed last week, and so we were supposed to end our series last week, so we're going to end it this week, and we're going to end our series on the games that we play, and that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks, and um, we've been using the games that we play at home or as family or as by ourselves to talk about the life that we live. And we use games like hide-and-seek and solitaire, angry birds, sorry, and this morning, the game of life. I don't know about you, but games are fun, right? Most games are fun. I love playing a good game. The problem is I'm a little competitive. So a game can get out of hand pretty quickly. Uh, but for the most part, games are, are fun, right? They're supposed to be fun. Um, do you enjoy games? you enjoy playing games? Um, I think games are meant to be fun. They're meant to be relaxing. They're meant to be enjoyable. They're meant to bring joy to our lives. Life is meant to be enjoyed. Life is meant to be fun. Life is meant to bring us joy. Jesus essentially said this in our passage of the 10th the, the verse, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, so that you and I can have life and have it to the full. Many of you are familiar with the translation that says that they may have abundant life. Jesus came so that we may have abundant life, that, that we may experience life to its fullest. But I don't know about you, I look around, and too often I don't see others living life to the fullest. Experiencing this full life, we don't, we don't see enough people experiencing life abundantly. In fact, far too often, we see or we read about lives that are cut short. Violence around the world and in our community, and we see that lives are not filled with joy. We see that there are way too many of us who are not experiencing abundant life. In fact, I'd argue that for a lot of us, it's nowhere near abundant life. We realize that life is sometimes not no fun and games. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. And what we've come to see oftentimes is that there are a whole lot of different ways for our joy to be stolen or killed and destroyed. There are many ways that our life can be taken from us. Certainly our, our physical bodies can be taken from us in numerous ways, but so can our spiritual and our emotional lives they can be stolen as well. And what we've got to be on guard against are the lies that can seep into our minds that I firmly believe that the devil would have us to believe. The scripture calls the devil the father of lies. And those lies are the way that the devil tries to rob us of our joy, our joy in this life. In our passage and throughout the Gospels, Jesus refers to his followers, to you and I, as sheep. I don't know if you know this, but sheep are some of the dumbest animals in the world. 
Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but that's why they need a shepherd, right? Someone leading them and protecting them. Now, I, I don't think that Jesus used sheep in referring to his followers to call us dumb. I mean, not like outright. But I do think Jesus used sheep as a way of describing us in order for us and to remind us of our need for a shepherd. We need someone to listen to, someone to guide us, someone to protect us in a world full of lies, telling us this life is not worth living for. We need to be listening to the voice of truth a voice that we recognize, to a voice that will lead to a full and abundant life. Jesus said, referring to us as sheep and himself as the shepherd, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Do you know his voice? Do you know his voice? When we listen to Jesus' voice, when we listen to the word, we read the, the word that, that, you know, we got to open it and we got to read it. When we do, we will find a full life. When we listen to the father of lies, our full life gets empty and gets stolen. One of the lies that the devil uses to rob us of our joy in this life is to tell us that our past mistakes are too big for God. That our past mistakes are too big for God. The devil tries to convince us that the things that we've done in our past can't be washed away. There is no possibility for a clean slate. There's no way that you can start over. Man, your sins are so big, you have messed up so bad might as well give up. Just forget about it. You'll never be able to move on. For many people, the guilt of the past is too big of a burden for them to handle. It's so big that they find that this life is not worth living. They become so paralyzed by their guilt that they cease to really live life to the fullest. I want you to hear the voice of the shepherd, the voice of truth. We heard it, uh, oh, uh, not last week, the week before last, in Ezekiel 18. If a wicked person, and we talked about last time that we're all wicked, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. If a wicked person turns away from all their sins they have committed and keeps all my decrees and does what is just and right, that person will surely live. They will not die. None of the offenses they have committed will be remembered against them. It didn't say, you know, if your sins are tiny or if you just got a little white lie. It says none of the offenses they have committed will be remembered. If we confess our sins, if we repent of our sins, we turn from our past mistakes and we turn toward God, then God no longer remembers them. And so we, we start to feel guilty over something we've confessed to God. Do you know what God says? What for? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember. What? God says, stop feeling guilty and start living life to the fullest. 
Earlier in John chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus says, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That means that we are free from our guilt and we are free from our past. We are free from our sins. We are called to go and live life to the fullest. So listen to this word of truth. Nothing is too big for God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter who you're dealing with. Nothing is too big for God. God can handle whatever you throw at him. And whatever you're dealing with, I guarantee you God has seen it and dealt with it before. Nothing is too big for God. Another lie that the devil tries to rob us of a a full and abundant life is to make us believe that we have accomplished nothing. Maybe you, you look back on your life and you, and you just think, man, what have I done? What, what, what have I really done? And the, the devil just tries, he's just, just whispering, you know what, you've done nothing. You have done absolutely nothing. You know, I think we all want to be successful, right? We all want to be, be productive in life. We want to be good at what we do. Every teacher wants to be the teacher of the year. Every athlete wants to be the MVP. Every fry shaker at McDonald's wants to be the best fry shaker. Well, that's, I hope they do. But, you know, every student wants to be the student of the month, you know. I hope they do. Now, a lot of times we gauge success by how we are viewed by other people. I'm a good husband because Kristen tells me. I'm a good son because my parents think so. I'm a good brother-in-law because Victoria and Mary Catherine say so. I'm a good uncle because my nephews smile when they, they see me. They give me a big old hug. I think a lot of pastors suffer for this. You know, I could have 100 church members telling me how great I am. But if I got one who's a little upset with me, I suddenly I'm the worst pastor in the entire world. We gauge our success a lot of times by what others think of us. I think a lot of us do that. But that's a dangerous way of living life. Because the opinions of others change like the wind. And it changes from person to person. What doesn't change is God's view of us. Listen to this word of truth, 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Did you hear that? You are God's special possession. In God's eyes, you're special. And not like, you know, you're special, but you're special. You, you're the apple of his eye. You, you are special. In God's eyes, you are his prized possession. He has chosen you. He has made you and he has created you. You are his. Life is not all about what you have accomplished but it's about how God sees you, and God sees you as his very own. 
Do not listen to the lie that you haven't accomplished anything. The last lie the devil uses to rob us of an abundant and full life is this. He tries to convince us we need to be afraid of the future. He tries to convince us that we need to be afraid of the future. And this is not hard to do. If we take a close look at the present and we see the sufferings that we see, it can easily make us fearful of the future. We can get fearful over our health. We can be fearful over our finances. We can be fearful over war and rumors of war. There are are a lot of things that cause us to be fearful of the future. You know, last night, I shared a weather report on Facebook. It showed a new hurricane. Maria! Looks like it's just going to follow up Irma's track. Say, you know what, Irma, that was a nice way to go. I'll go that way too. You know, on a side note, why do they got to name these things, you know, so, such nice names? <laughs> Non-threatening. Irma, Maria, Harvey, Andrew, Katrina. These things are destructive forces. They need to be named like Killer Spiral of Death. And like Hurricane Terminator or something. Hurricane Slasher. I mean, I guarantee you people would evacuate. <laughs> Come on. I've got to get a better naming system than that. I don't know if you're like me and like, you know, you're paying attention to the weather and these new hurricanes and, you know, you start to get a little anxious. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling a little anxious right now. Your anxiety goes up. Maybe your blood pressure goes up. You know, we've been through two of these things in two years and we've seen the destructions of others. Heck, we may be three in two years, I don't know, just found out hurricane season another two months. I know I'm really helping your anxiety right now, but, but you know, the more we watch, the more we pay attention, the more we get anxious because the forecasts keep changing. And then the what ifs. What ifs start going off in our brain. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if it goes up the right side? What if it goes up the left side? And suddenly, the future starts to seem really, really scary. But here's the thing. Whether it's a hurricane, whether it's an earthquake, whether it's a war or rumors of war, or something we haven't even thought of yet, there's no need to worry. There's no need to worry about the future. Just like the past and just like the present, God has our future in his hands. Listen to this word of truth, Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had had passed away, meaning, meaning all this junk that we're talking about was gone. Okay? There's no longer any sea. That'd be good right now. Forget what causes the hurt. Anyway. And I saw the holy city, 
the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. I mean, we can stop right there and be comforted just that God is with us and will be with us, but it goes further. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, any tear from anxiety, any tear from death, any tear from sadness, any tear. Every tear from their eyes will be wiped away. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. The Word tells us that God already has our future in his hands. And because we know that God already has the future taken care of, we do not have to be paralyzed by fear of the future or fear of the unknown. We can take hope that the pain we feel today, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, will not be unbearable tomorrow. Our financial situation today is not necessarily an indication of what it will be tomorrow or in the future or down the road. Our family problems may improve over time. The truth from the shepherd is this. God is in control. There's no need to worry. If God has the future, not to mention the past and the present, under control, and we really believe that. We don't just read it and think, okay, that's great, but we don't really trust in it. But if we really believe it, then there is no need to worry and no need to be anxious. When we let worry take control of us, we are letting the father of lies steal and kill and destroy our joy and our full and abundant life. So don't let that happen. Trust in the good shepherd. Listen to his voice and his voice alone. Don't let the father of lies steal your joy. Let Jesus the shepherd lead you to an abundant and full life. Jesus came not so that we would waste this life, but that we might live it and live it to the full. Jesus gave his life as a good shepherd would do for his sheep. He gave his life so that you and I might live and live it to the fullest. Amen. Heavenly Father, it is so easy to be anxious and fearful of what lies ahead. Help us to listen to your voice and trust that you have our future in your hands. Help us to trust that whatever mistakes or sins that we have made in the past, that if we come to you, you remember them no more. Father, remind us that we are your chosen people, your special possession. And your eyes and how you see us is all that matters. In the name of Christ we pray.
Amen.